Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Romney. Quick pass and a catch by Simon for the touchdown. That was sweet. They ran that exact same play last week with Baylor Romney throwing it to his brother Gunnar Romney. That time it goes to Simon. A little quick wide receiver screen. Boom, in for the score. Micah Simon with his second touchdown catch of the season. We're tied at seven. The center is Romney. Swings it out. Simon. Trickery. Here they go. Simon throws a pass. Bushman. He has it. Touchdown. And it's a 10-point lead for BYU. It is Katella behind Romney. Fourth and two for BYU. Romney, he followed a catch. First down. And more down the sideline. And the Touchdown. How about that for a fourth down conversion? Great play call. Even better execution. Couple fakes. Romney to the end zone. It's caught. It's a touchdown. It's Marobai Pujitown. And he not only had on the right side on the outside man Bushman down the middle of the field both tight ends were wide open in a great scoring drive by the all right, Gordon, uh, BYU rolls on winning their third in a row over Liberty, 31-24. to I should, probably shouldn't say roll because they didn't exactly roll Liberty, but BYU looked uh, pretty good on the offensive side of the ball. And Baylor Romney's uh, highly successful tryout for other D1 programs continues on. <laughs> is that what this is? boiled down to because now they're saying Zach Wilson might might start on Saturday. Um, and we saw when uh, Jaron Hall came back from his concussion issue, he was put right back into the lineup too. So don't you think I, – I kept thinking about this watching that game, and maybe this isn't the place to start because BYU did win, but nonetheless it was Liberty, so how interesting is that? But I'm thinking BYU has three quarterbacks that can spin it. They're pretty good. Yeah. That we've seen play really well at times, and they're all right about the same age, which is young. <laughs> so if you were which ba- creates a bit of a traffic jam. And if you were Baylor and Romney and you've proven that you can win games, not just games, but big time games, aren't you looking around after this year's over? I know I would be. Well, it depends because the two guys in front of them have uh have seemed to run into the injury bug. And that makes it a lot tougher. Because who knows? I don't know whether Zach Wilson's going to stay healthy. We certainly hope he does. And and Jaron Hall with the concussions. I mean, you you want guys to stay healthy, but this all factors in. I I think he he's getting a little short shrift here. I I do. I I think that he he probably deserves uh, maybe another another shot. Now I understand what people say: starters can't lose their job to injury and all that stuff. And Zach Wilson's a fine talent, but what's Baylor Romney doing wrong? Absolutely nothing. I mean, I think Zach Wilson is a better player. I think you do, too. I, I don't want to speak I mean, for you, but... I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, Zach Wilson went out and beat USC. I mean, let's not, let's well, not forget about yeah, that. Yeah, but let's not forget that uh, Baylor Romney uh, has done pretty well, beat Boise State. Helped beat Boise State and yeah. beat Utah State. I got it. And no, I got it. And, he, and he's been great, but I guess that's what I'm saying. If I'm Baylor... I'm not. I'm not betting on my teammates getting hurt to get playing time. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> that now, is uh, that's that's a viable point there. And uh, maybe Jaron Hall. You know what? Maybe he decides that enough is enough. I don't know because concussions are scary. So we're really not sure where that that's going to come. Or in, it could have just been sort of a fluke. I mean, when he got hit helmet to helmet on that touchdown run, that that was that seemed fluky to me. But if I can go out and, and help beat Boise State, and I can go out and beat Utah State. I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I can go somewhere and start. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, there's or some I can stay can. here and stab a voodoo doll that my teammates get injured. <laughs> oh, I don't think he would do that. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm. I'm calling up Colorado State, and I'm saying, "Hey, <laughs> hey, have you seen me play?" And I know Baylor's young, but do you think uh, he could graduate in you know two years or something like that? Get the grad transfer thing going? Probably not. But I'm certainly saying I think I can be a starter on a on a really solid D1 team. And now that he's putting this tape out there showing he can go out and beat teams. Mm. If he put his name in that transfer portal, you're getting somebody. Oh, yeah. Look at all the bad quarterbacks that we see, you know, pretty much on a weekly basis. Not just in college football, in the NFL too, but I mean, think about how many teams out there really need a quarterback. And and BYU's got a the offers are rising. Well, you can't do that, Gordon. That's against the rules. But yeah, I think if he put his name in the transfer portal, I didn't mean the amount of, of money. Oh, you I, mean I cash meant number? No, I meant number of teams that would be interested. Actually, that's not what I meant. But well, those they can't officially make offers, Gordon, until he's in the portal. So. Yeah, I know. So no, I don't think other teams are cheating out there. <laughs> well, you don't. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, he can play. He can play. He certainly and can play. I don't know. I watched every minute of that BYU-Liberty game, and I'm telling you right now, uh, I, uh, BYU deserves a lot of credit for the positive things that happened, but there were some negatives that uh, need to be cleaned up. And at this point in the season, some of those things – I understand the the variety and the spinning wheel there at quarterback, but uh, – yeah, you had an unfortunate fumble. You had a, a pretty much an idiotic fourth down, fourth and two uh, call, and I assume that was Jeff Grimes who came up with that uh, that uh, crazy play that that was kind of a joke, and it almost cost the Cougars. It did. I mean, that could have been ugly, and that would have been one of the worst uh, losses that BYU has ever suffered. I understand that Liberty has uh, that receiver is a fine player. And but BYU's defense made uh, that quarterback uh, uh, what, what do they call him buckshot uh, made him look like an all American. That yeah. needs to be shored up. I I, I don't I know mean, what's yeah, going but you're, on. You're moving Diane from corner to safety in the middle of drives. I mean they're dealing with a lot of stuff on defense. I, I guess. Uh, but uh, they, I'm with you. But hey, by the way, Liberty. I would not if if BYU would have lost that. I wouldn't have thrown that into their worst loss category. I'm not saying they're terrific, but they were a, they were a well-coached team. They had an NFL player receiver issue. I mean, to compare this Liberty team to the UMass team from a couple of years ago, that's that's his worst loss. Yeah. Or East Carolina, that's mm-hmm. this Liberty team, team was better than those teams that they've had losses Still, before. Still, BYU is 17-point favorite. I know you always point out that that's not an indicator of True margin, but uh, I, I would just expect BYU to maybe play a little cleaner. They have been getting the turnover uh, favor uh, over the past uh, few weeks, but uh, in this case, uh, that fumble by uh, Finau was costly for for uh, the Cougars. That could have that could have really hurt them. But he got hit. He didn't expect to get hit. So I mean, these things happen. It's not uh, like these guys. Are professionals or anything, but I expected BYU to play even better than they did. And fair enough, they could have easily lost that game. Liberty got more first downs than they did, uh, and they they matched them in the passing attack. They nearly matched them in total yards, uh, and they darn near matched them in points scored. So BYU needs to needs to play better moving forward. Now Idaho State this week uh, again, you could. You could play anybody at quarterback and win that game. 
Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson has benefited from <laughs> coming back just in time to play some teams that are good for him to get warmed up against. That was true last year when he came on as the starter, and if he if he starts against Idaho State, I mean, I I I just there's no way BYU can lose that game. I nope. I mean that's that's <laughs> Idaho State is not it's not a true match, and you know how I feel about that. It's unfortunate. Well, and I don't like it this late in the season, but that's what independence right. is. I, I mean, it. we can stomach these games a little bit better at the beginning because the anticipation factor is high, right? So if you wax Idaho State, you go, oh, well, how would that apply to whomever, better team on your schedule? In November, it's like, well, I guess it's a warm-up for San Diego State. Yeah, as is UMass, too. So these next two games are absolute gimmies. Uh, UMass is horrible. They are terrible. How well, many they, they, they lose by on Saturday? Another 60, 70-point loss? I'm not sure, but this Liberty team they just played smoked them. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, beat them big time, and so uh, and so they the BYU the next couple of weeks are it's all about themselves. They they just need to concentrate on it's it, these are like scrimmages, they're like practices, and they have some things to clean up. And but BYU really does have a luxury of having a, a fine group of quarterbacks, uh, that's for sure. And there have been other guys who have been called on uh, that running game. Uh, although it was not quite as proficient as some people might have thought it was going to be. You know, Finau is talented. Yeah, he's not bad. Not bad at all. Nice find for them. He, he is. And you, when you think about the, the players that uh, the Cougars have lost uh, earlier in the season, they've uh, and, and they've had some issues along the offensive line, uh, and as you mentioned, in, on the, in the defense. So they are scrambling a little bit. But it's good for – there's a lot of young players on that team. A lot of guys that might help them moving forward. All right, real quick, Gordon. Uh, I want to get to kind of what happened in the rest of college football over the weekend because we're going to get to uh, Jazz talking about, boy, what a finish on Friday. Yeah. We'll get to that coming up at 3.30. But let me ask you this simple question. I, I kept I watched this whole game, and I kept debating in my mind the whole game, which was better. LSU beats Alabama 46-41, close game, but Alabama goes down um, in Tuscaloosa. Is that a good thing for Utah and their playoff hopes or a bad thing? Probably a bad thing because uh, I think there are a lot of people out there who think Alabama should continue to be included in the top four. Just because they're Alabama, right? This is uh, They're Alabama, and that was not a bad, bad loss. I, I know it was on their, on their home field, but uh, that, 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 that was a heck of a game. Well, and then we see the AP only bump them down to four, right? Which is crazy. But yeah. I see this is what bugs me about our current format uh, with college football playoff is Alabama is going to essentially get a bye week because they won't have to play in the SEC title game, and they'll get included anyway. They will, which yep. is in- entirely frustrating. If I if I were Alabama, I'd intentionally lose one game a year. Why not? <laughs> Seem just avoid you avoid the SEC <laughs> title game, play one fewer game, and go in fresh. <laughs> That's yeah. how they won the the title a couple yeah, of years but ago. If, if they lose, if they lose the championship game, it's still only one loss. No. Yeah, but you don't have to play it. Yeah, that's the point. You don't uh, have to play. They're they're not even gonna they're not even gonna have to play in that game, and they're still going to get included. And that is stupid. But this is this has always been the problem with college football that it is based on opinion. It is based on it's a beauty pageant, and it's based on reputation. And I, I just think that's 
That's interesting that uh, that this will be the case, and there's going to be a conference left out, and that conference is going to be complaining about it, and this is why all five P5 champions should be included in the playoff uh, with uh, uh, three uh, at-large teams. I mean, it's really not that complicated. And then once you get the beautiful thing about that is, yeah, I know the last – the last uh, team, six, seven, and eight, would be based on opinion. But by the time you get to eight, I think you've exhausted the teams that would really have a legitimate chance of winning, uh, you know, two or three straight games. Well, I know that's this caliber of competition. Not your opinion about college basketball, but yeah, I, I hear you. What do you mean? Well, first of all, we complain about the teams that don't make the college basketball field all the time, and that's team what sixty-eight or whatever it is by this time. Yeah. And we include all those teams, even though most of them uh, don't have a prayer. Well, I couldn't care less about those last teams that get in because they ain't going anywhere. Mm. Come on. That's a, that's just a joke. But in football, I think the same thing applies. And that way, you would honor the importance of winning your conference championship, which would be huge because those teams deserve it. Because not only are they going up against usually quality, at least one or two really, really good teams – but they also are showing that they can hold up against rivals, teams that get emotionally up for playing one another. And if you survive that, then you should be in the freaking playoff. And this this is clear to so many people. And I know logistically they would have to work through another round of playoffs and whatnot, but it, I, I think it wouldn't be that difficult to do. And... And then, if the Utes beat Oregon, and I'm assuming they're going to win these last few games, and they should, they're far superior to the teams they're going to be playing. I know UCLA's getting some love right now, but uh, the Utes should be in that championship game. And if they're good enough to beat uh, Oregon, then they're, they're good enough to go to a playoff. Uh, I think that's clear to anybody who's watching this team play. on the near side. He runs toward the ball. Let's see who they're going to try to break free. And Bogdanovich pops to the corner. It's Bogdanovich corner. He's open for three. Wide open. Up. Got it! Got it! Got it! It's over! Bogey beats Milwaukee! Boyan Bogdanovich! Jazz win! And he is being mobbed! What a win for the Jazz on Friday night, uh, taking out uh, the Milwaukee Bucks 103-100 on a Boyan Bogdanovich three-pointer off the inbound from Joe Ingles, a thing of beauty. And, uh, Gordon, we can talk about specifics in the games, but I'll tell you what, going into last week where they got a little break in the schedule, they only had two games, were able to come home, get some rest, but two games against the two best teams in the East and two teams that uh, are considered title contenders. And for them to come out of that week 2-0 – that's a yeah. big W for the Jazz last week. No doubt about it. And that uh, that game against the Bucks, uh, the, the finish was was just fantastic. On a night when Donovan Mitchell wasn't uh, particularly sharp, uh, for Boyan Bogdanovich to prove that he's uh, got that kind of medal is encouraging for the Utah Jazz. And who didn't think that he was going to get the ball in that case? Me. You thought they were going to give it to Mitchell? I did, but um, and maybe we could get to these uh, these sound bites maybe a little later on in the show. But uh, Conley, Bogdanovich, 
Mitchell and Quinn Snyder to a certain extent all talked about how that play came together. And uh, it was kind of Bogdanovich and Conley's idea. Mitchell right. was going to go to the rim, and they were going to get Donovan. He was probably going to be option number one if it were there. But uh, Bogdanovich made that hard cut to the corner, and they were going to kind of say who's open, Conley or Bogdanovich, and it turned into Bogdanovich. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, he got a step, and that's all he needed. And it was Bogdanovich ice cold. said it was an open shot, but – I mean, it, it was open. It, it was it open. It wasn't that open. Well, no, it was open because of him. I mean, it was open because of that moody move he made, and Joe Ingles saw it. And yeah, I mean, this CNBA, how many three pointers are you going to see where you stand there, you gather, you know, you wink to your girlfriend in the crowd, and you take the three? <laughs> yeah, it, he got all he needed. He hit it with confidence, hit it in rhythm. And actually, the Jazz are really fortunate that he did hit it because that last 90 seconds of basketball. They just yeah. tried to give it to Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah, they made a lot of mistakes down the stretch. And you know, they played well in the first half. They did. Uh, they were up 20. And the whole time you're thinking, well, Giannis uh, has two points. He really is going to come alive in the second half, so you better watch out. And he sure did. And the Jazz uh, were doing what they could to help Giannis along the way, but uh, to rally at the end like that, those are the kinds of games that are more important, I think, than than 15-point wins. Knowing that you can win even on a night when you're not hitting on all cylinders against a, a quality opponent to the max, against what might be the best player in the league, and you, you survive. Now, they did have the advantage of playing on their home floor, which is nice. But uh, yeah, that was that was terrific, and to watch the reaction of the team, that must be fun. That must be fun to be on that team when good things like that happen. Underrated, important play. Um, of course, Bogdanovich hitting the the three was a big deal, uh, but uh, it was. Um Rudy Gobert forcing Chris Middleton into traveling yes. when it was Huge. 100. That might have been just as big as the three-point yeah. shot because Middleton, and this is just this is just classic how important Rudy is to the team because Middleton, I guarantee, takes that shot over, what, 99 and, uh, 99.9% of the league where he yeah. just rises and fires, but he turns and sees Rudy right in his grill. <laughs> And yeah. a player like Chris Middleton, who, by the way, is going to be out some weeks. He's he's got an injury. It was just it just came across. But for him to turn around and go, oh crap, that's Rudy, <laughs> and travel. I mean that 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 was a huge huge play in that game. And obviously, with the timeout, you can advance the ball. It set up the game winner for the Jazz. And yeah, that 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 was uh, it, it was all important at that point. But the Jazz still struggling with the turnovers. Still got to work, uh, and I know that there are certain people who don't think that's that big of a deal. I think it is a big deal. Twenty turnovers, just too many, Jake, against a quality opponent, and yet they were able to get the win. So the Jazz shot the ball, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, forty percent overall. Uh, because of that defense, though, and because of maybe some good fortune, the Bucks shot it even worse than that. Yeah. Well, the turnovers, Gordon, I mean, Donovan Mitchell had eight. Yeah. That's obviously unacceptable. He did not have a good game, and they figured out a way to, to overcome it. I mean, a lot of it was Bogdanovich having 33, and then Mike Conley was lights out in the first half. But, you know, there was also some brain-dead stuff there in that last 90 seconds that uh, they've got to – I'm sure the coaches took it an opportunity to drive home some points on film, but you you just can't be careless 
like that in that at that point. But what what they had an eight point lead with ninety seconds to go. Yeah, I mean, one hundred ninety two. It should be in the bag yeah. at that point. Yep. And uh, they made some some careless mistakes, but. I don't think you're going to see Donovan Mitchell turn the ball over eight times a night very often. No, and in in some ways, it's the best of both worlds for the coaching staff because they have the attention of the team. There's a lot to correct, and yet you still get the victory. Right. And against that kind of opponent, that's really saying something. So all through the season, I mean, the Jazz are 6-3 and at this point, and they haven't played their best basketball yet. And that's clear to anybody who's watching. So it's you can look at that as being uh, dragging an anchor along a little bit, but you can also look at it like what's going to happen when this team is hitting on all cylinders. Well, and the fact that they have Bogdanovich coupled with Donovan Mitchell, two 20-plus point scorers a night, that uh, the Jazz haven't had that very often in the past, and they, they have it now, and I think it's going to stay that way. Well, the Jazz this week um – have an interesting week. It's a week where they probably should go 3-0, and Gordon, as they have uh, Golden State tonight, and I absolutely think that that should be a win. Then you've got the Nets tomorrow night, and the Nets don't play tonight, so they're not going to be on the second night of a back-to-back, so advantage a little bit for them. But they're 4-5, and and they're still trying to figure it out with Kyrie Irving, and the Jazz are going to be at home, and I do think that they're a better team than the Nets. Uh, and then Memphis coming up on Friday that one's on the road but that absolutely should be a W yeah. as Memphis is in in full-blown rebuild so this is not as challenging maybe as the past couple of weeks have been for the Jazz but they've got to keep their eye on the ball against Golden State but ideally you want to be blowing Golden State out by the third quarter midway through somewhere around there get your guys some rest because the Nets will probably be the most tough game this week but that's certainly winnable too it is and uh, if 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 the Jazz win these games that uh, you classified as winnable, which they are, then suddenly they're nine and three. And before the season started, Jake, if I had told you the Jazz were going to be nine and three, don't you think every Jazz player and coach would have taken that 100%, in a heartbeat? One hundred percent, and and starting out much better than they have the past couple of years. And that, that's what we're talking about. I, I keep bringing this point up, but I, I think DJ was right on the money when he was talking about this. You know, if you're going to do better than you have the last two years and you're going to have a better record, the Jazz were awesome the last couple of months of the season, the last two years. That's not where you're going to make up games. You're going to make up games at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. when those teams struggled. And even though they haven't played their best game, they're still winning these games. I yeah. totally agree with you. I think, I think it's super important because this is where you're, you're making up games. By the way, um, right now Kyrie Irving's averaging 30 points per game, but the Nets are sub 500. It's kind of like uh, on Friday night we saw Damian Lillard score 60 yeah. in a losing effort. Yeah, I thought that same exact thing, and yet the uh, the Blazers are uh, you know not playing up to what we would expect from them. So well, they they're a two man team. I mean they they don't. I mean if you're leaning on Hassan Whiteside to get you to the promised land. That Nurkic injury really hurt them. Yeah. I know I know how they played in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year, and I get it that they played well without him, but a whole regular season is something entirely different. If if you got Kyrie Irving going the way he is right now and the team, two things I think will happen tomorrow night if we're just guessing here. One is that Kyrie's going to score a bunch of points. I mean a bunch. I think he's going to get – if we had to – make a wager right now, and I said over 30, under 30, what would you say? Under. I say over. 
And why is that? Because the Jazz at times have struggled against high-scoring guys. True, but their defense has been really good. The defense overall has been really good. But I think he's going to go off. I think he's going to get a lot of points, and I think the Jazz are going to win. His usage right now is 33.2, Kyrie Irving, just which is really high. I wonder how it's going to look when Kevin Durant gets back. I bet his usage goes down a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, the overall, they won't be four and five. No, they'll be better. Yeah. Well, depending on how those two mesh. That's a that's an underrated thing, you know? Yeah, I, yeah I think we've we're learned seeing, that, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. How are the Jazz? I mean, it's taking a minute for this Jazz team to mesh. You wait and see. And I said it, I wrote it, and I, I'll say it again, Jake. When, when Mike Conley gets comfortable, watch out. Because then the Jazz are going to have three scores who can hurt teams in critical moments, clutch players. Remember that playoff game a number of years ago when Mike Conley had been injured or something? He stepped up for like 36 points. I think it was against the Spurs. I mean, he's capable of doing that. All he has to do is, as you've said a thousand times, get comfortable. Find your comfort zone and then watch out. Because we've seen what Bogdanovich can do. We know what uh, Donovan Mitchell can do. And and there's more where that came from. So, Jazz fans, I know you were excited before this season started, and I know there have been some early bumps. But I'm telling you, the prognosis is quite positive right now. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.